Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. They run down to the final furlong. It's Midnight Looter who shrugs off Man in Black as it's silent declaration on the outside. JC Express splits horses up in the third, 16th to go. Midnight Looter has a lead by a couple of lengths and Midnight Looter will prevail over silent declaration. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Thanks for joining us. Joe with Vince Brune and Bill Downs in our penultimate week of racing at Emerald Downs. That is true. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is our final Friday night of racing. First race at 7 p.m. coming up on Friday, September 9th. And uh, plenty to talk about, as usual, after a week of racing at Emerald Downs. And uh, right off the top, we heard Connie Dahl at age 63 winning a horse race at Emerald Downs. Uh a nice milestone for Connie, who's been part of this place for a long time. Vince, uh, uh, you've got some stats on her. I know she was galloping horses in 96, our inaugural season. Didn't ride that year, but uh, has been around. She has been around. In fact, she was riding professionally when I was in high school, and I'm an old guy. <laughs> Connie, a very young 63, yeah. as you mentioned, and not a whole lot of wins at Emerald Downs over the years, but certainly on the Blue Mountain Circuit we used to have in Sundowns, Walla Walla, Waitsburg, Dayton, and all those places. Leading rider many times. And you know, Joe, Joe, just a very, very nice gal. Really nice gal. Uh, loves the game. And uh, she became the oldest jockey to win a race at Emerald Downs at age 63 last week. Uh, nice milestone for Connie. In fact, she was already the oldest when she won last year here. But uh, had a couple of questions on that, too. Yeah. And uh, Bryson Cooper, did he ride here at all? Yes. And was there uh, Victor Mercado? I think, didn't he ride? Yeah. And But the, certainly Connie a little bit. Yeah, lower. we've got maybe a little research to do, but I'm saying she's not going to get beat at that age 63. Bryson last rode here over 20 years ago. Okay. 
And Carney, well, right around 20. Neglected yeah. to mention one one year also our leading quarter horse rider here yes. too. Yeah, she's proud of it. There's a video on Connie and her career on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Emerald Downs Connie Doll, and you'll get a nice story we did several years ago on her. Rosie Simpkins, the trainer who put Connie up on that winter, Midnight Looter, as Bill called, they have another uh, team up for another one called uh, Pocket Knife. I believe it's Saturday. A two-year-old it looks like it's got some kind of a shot too. Pocket Knife, very good. So Connie, congratulations. Uh, she has won here 10 different seasons. I thought it was going to be more than that, but, uh, you know, she had a few years where she didn't ride much. She's had some injuries. In fact, 2018, I see she only had one mount for the whole year. and But she has uh, she has earned her keep and started off getting on uh, little match races, weighing probably about 60 pounds and winning those, and it, it uh, grew from there. Good story. Connie Dahl winning. Okay, Shelly Crow's our guest. She's having a great season. Um, she's winning at about 29%. Of course, Mixo is her stable star, and she's got some nice specific stories about Mixo, her first year with that eight-year-old. And Mixo is in uh, the feature on Friday night here, and boy, you know, doing the morning line, that was a struggle. I made Mixo a five to two morning line favorite, which tells you it's it's a loaded field. Yeah. And, uh, Mixo's been in some tough ones lately, too. They tried the mile last time, and, it, well, didn't really have a fair shot. No. That was the race, but the boat came over on the first turn. But, yeah, Mixo, Connie, what a, uh, excuse me, Shelly, what a job she's done with that yeah. horse this year. Yeah, she's having an outstanding season. Um, Shelly Crow joining us on our podcast today. In fact, that feature race is Coastal Jazz, Heredia Boxer, Mixo, Fantastic Days, Stand 2, and Mirror Image, the 6th on Friday night, our last Friday of racing. Sunday's First Responders Day. Uh, if you are a first responder or active or even retired military, you get free admission at Emerald Downs on Sunday. And we'll have a first responders purse there, and it is, uh, the date will be 9 11 2022 and we'll have a uh, 9-11 remembrance with our first responders and any first responders that do attend the track uh, you're invited to the winner's circle after race number two on sunday sunday we'll also retire officially mike mann's gold the winningest horse in emerald downs history and Bill, you didn't get a chance to see him win this year at age twelve. I know, but you know, still I respect the yep. the, the history. You know, every age catches up to everyone, yeah. and no matter what the profession that you do, usually, and uh, especially a physical one as such as a racehorse. Um, but uh, they tried, and they gave him a chance, and uh, they decided to to uh, stop and retire him, and we'll uh, give him some accolades and have him go out on a, on a, a great note. You bet. And he's going to retire at Keith Swaggerty's farm over in Auburn. Keith and Jan Swaggerty, the breeders of Mike Mance Gold, campaigned him for several years, including, uh, I believe, all his stakes wins were with uh, David Martinez and Swaggerty. Yeah, and Mike Mance Gold, we mentioned a couple of times, one of those horses, anyone who ever had him in his career did good with him. <laughs> exactly. That's Jesse Velasquez and, of course, sweet Keith Swaggerty and uh, Joe Toy and Greg Conley and company. Yep. They've all got a bunch of wins. Jeff Metz claimed him uh, at least once. Yeah, right. I think that was in 2018 or 2019. Yeah, everyone did great with them, and 26 wins. Boy, you think about that. That's amazing. It is amazing. So hats off for a wonderful career. Ten consecutive years, he won a horse race at Emerald Downs. Son of Liberty Gold 
and Shadoodle, Mike Mans Gold. And uh, we're going to remember Chinook Pass as well uh, the following Saturday, our closing Saturday of uh, September 17th. It'll be 40 years to the day that he set the North American record for five-eighths of a mile at Long Acres. That record still stands. Who called that race, Vince? Mark Kaufman. He did Who media office is named after and who hired both you and I into yeah. our first jobs in thoroughbred racing. You bet. Mark Kaufman was also an announcer. It's all Chinook Pass. Going back to Mike Mann's gold, okay. I was uh, uh, looking on Twitter and... Uh, I guess uh, Javier Matias rode him like uh, nine of the wins. Wow! And he and and his son Aldo, mm-hmm. who's his agent, went back on Twitter and his 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 thread is j- at Jockey Agent Aldo, and he got a hold of all the a lot of the the wins of Mike Mann's Gold, and you know they're all listed in a thread. So if you go find uh, that on Twitter, you can go see all of these. Uh, wins going back uh, 2012. Yep. Uh, on so uh, that that was something that I was uh, looking at a little bit um, with uh, Aldo Matias um, as he, he likes to post a lot of uh, uh, videos of of the wins. So I like seeing that uh, that history there. Very good. Yeah, I'm glad uh, Javier has a promoter. Javier's not a guy that's going to pat himself on the back much and kind of. Lurks around a little bit in a funny way. It's a good way of saying <laughs> yeah, it. Like yeah. you, you pop into him here yeah. and there in the stable. Yeah, he'll, he'll pop around a corner, and but he's uh, he's done really well here. And Rocco Bowen, of course, had a real heater with Mike Mann's gold yeah. there back a few years too. Again, yeah. similar thing. Any jockey who rode him had That's success right. on that horse. Yeah, he started out. He won his career debut. He won two straight stakes as a two-year-old. Won another stake at three. Had a big win in the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic and. Ran in that race, I believe, seven times, something like that. So we'll uh, we'll do him proudly. Greg and Chuck Conley of Paddock Partners, uh, of course, have been huge in his life the last few years. And also, uh, Glenn Todd, of course, passed away earlier this year, one of the top forces in uh, British Columbia Hastings Park history. Uh, his daughter, Shelley, has... Uh, he operated a farm in conjunction with her father, and she's got a consignment, a uh, small consignment, nine yearlings at uh, split between the Keeneland and Fazig Tipton sales this fall. And if you do purchase one of Shelley Todd's consignment and he makes his first, he or she makes a first career start at Emerald Downs, you will get a $1,000 owner's bonus. So that's kind of new in horse racing uh we're gonna pay a little bonus to a yearling from keeneland or fasig tipton or a a two-year-old or older that makes a first career start here at emerald Downs. so uh, we have several buyers back there every year in fact uh shelly said bob capaletti was looking at a couple of her horses pretty closely already okay hey we debuted a new distance last week and we have a track record at a mile and 70 yards uh Friday night, Stephen James. Stephen James, yeah, that was a nice win. Uh, Mary Perrone and Mike Dale getting their first wins of the meet. And then uh, they got a little certificate, I believe, down there for the first mile and 70 yards. And then Complicate on Sunday went, what was it, 139.7? 0.22. 0.22. Okay, yeah. And that was a sensational effort there, too. So uh, mile 70 yards, like we said, about halfway between the mile and the mile and the 16th. Yep. Uh, complicate uh, beat 
five-star general in that stretch run. Mile winner Sluice Tizwiz was third. Any uh, rumblings from you on the field for the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic on September 18th? Um, I had a talk with Vince Gibson the other day, and, you know, they asked him why they didn't go in that allowance race and said, well, last year, you know, they came back quick after the mile and it didn't work out, so they wanted to give a little more time this year. So I think they are looking at that race, which would add a lot of luster. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a chance to catch up on Sluice Tizwiz yet. I don't know if you saw Tom Wenzel back there. No. Um, to me, his race was okay, you know, yeah. a little bit down from the mile, which is to be expected. That was such a career best for him. Uh, he got squeezed out at the start. Yeah. Right? So I wouldn't be too discouraged. Those three were well ahead of the rest of them. I, you know, I'm hoping that the horse I would have to think would come back next week, but no, I, I really haven't. Okay. So well, we'll Gary Lusk said the exact same thing that you said, Vince Gibson said, you got the, uh, we didn't work last year running him after the mile right away. So we're going to. We're shooting for the classic and then possibly California after that. So the dynamic Papa's golden boy uh, headed toward that Muckleshoot tribal classic on closing day. And the the Gottstein should be interesting as well with, uh, of course, many two-year-olds. Yeah. And and I was talking to a couple of agents back there and they said there's going to be a pretty big field and they're having to make some difficult decisions on, uh, you know, which horses to ride, which is always a good position to be in. Sure. Uh, Leslie Mowing rode uh, It's Turbo. That's certainly that. one that's looking at it, yeah. And then he just rode Vince Gibson's horse. Icy on, Tower. Icy I think Tower on Bill Sunday. Bill was all over on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, I, I, would, yeah. I would choose that one. Which one? Icy Tower? <laughs> yeah. You know, that Son horse. Son of Dialed In. It got a big figure, too, Icy I, Tower. I'm just telling and, you, uh, It's Turbo benefited from a very strong pace in that stakes win, and granted, he took advantage of it. But to me, Icy no Tower has got much more upside that was uh, yeah it was a big effort bill and my, i both my, selected him my, yeah Sunday. my amateur jockey agent's opinion it was okay it was a it, and the horse had had a lot of trouble in the debut oh, and, oh yeah tons of trouble this time they went right to the front yeah. and uh, the horse did show an, an enormous amount of talent there so that was a great selection by you fellows and i think the horse paid six, six to, to one, one. Yeah, yeah that works he yeah. was uh that was kind of funny betting there, Bill. You probably noticed that too since you were on him. But he was uh, four to one, seven to two, and I went over to make a wager, and he was three to one when I bet. And then I come back, and then they're going down the backstretch, and he's six to one. All that money came in on was it Supermax, the one yeah. horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anyway, Supermax went off at even money. These things happen, you know. Yeah, that worked in your guys's favor. Yes. Okay. And uh, contenders for meet honors. Uh, as usual, at this time of the year, there's some that are pretty solid, and there's others that are still in contention. Two-year-old Philly, uh, depending on if one goes to the uh, Gottstein or not, you know, Miss Dynamic has a stake win and a couple of thirds. Aloha Breeze has a stake win and a stake placing. Annette Marie won the Washington Cup. Uh, that could be decided on closing day. Not sure about Aloha Breeze. They mm. were looking at some options, I think, back east, really? maybe for okay. it. Maybe wanting to keep the horse around one turn, so we'll see. Okay. And then two-year-old Colts and Geldings, of course, running out of days, has won twice in two starts. Both stakes, son of a barrage, chucking up bays by a barrage, too. I, I would love matter. to see a rematch between those two. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Although, you know, those two put a lot of... That was a very difficult race for those two horses. So that would be kind of quick back. So I don't know. We'll see. They'll be coming back in, what, three weeks? Three weeks would work, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then three-year-old filly, you know, even though Tiz Macho Girl won the Oak, Slack Tide has two stakes wins in a second. So she's kind of got the hammer there, doesn't she? I would, yeah. I would it's agree. a vote. I would agree. Yeah. Tiz Macho Girl was going to head up to Canada for their uh, three-year-old filly race, but they... Their Oaks. They uh, scratched this morning. Okay. Of course, had a minor problem talking back there at the barn. Yeah. She's a well-bred horse who's moving forward. Three-year-old Colts and Geldings is, uh, well, you're the causes in this weekend, isn't he? Yes. yes. And he's going gonna, up against older, right? Yeah. And, and if you've, if you're, if you've been riding that role, you're going to oh, get boy. another price on you're the cause again. What a claim by, uh, the will win stable. So he's three for three at the meet with the Muckleshoot Derby win. Executive chef has a win and a second in stakes, um, it's all about the ride, has a stake win, smiling goodbye, doesn't have a stake win, but it, it, at this point, it looks like it's kind of down to you're the cause and executive chef. I agree, yeah. Okay. Again, this is a vote of media and officials, staff at Emerald Downs, uh, and those these honors will be uh, given out next weekend. Zip and sevens, don't kiss and tell, fillies and mares. Uh, you can see them on the walk up. Yeah. Zipping sevens, one Don't that... Don't kiss and tell as a first and a second over the years, I believe, in that race. So. Yeah. And she won a stake this year, sprint. Zipping sevens, uh, that huge win in the distaff. Yeah. Her, I think it was her first two-turn race, wasn't right. it? And the older horses, of course, lose Tiz Wiz is uh, certainly on top with the mile victory and the governors complicate this early come on late. Uh, Papa's golden boy, a stake winner. Sprint... What if Papa's Golden Boy beats Slew's Tiz Wiz in the walk-up? Yeah. Would that sway either of you guys? I think, Bill, I posed that hypothetical to you, and you said no. Well, you know, after Slew's Tiz Wiz finished third, that kind of opens the door up a little bit, though I would, at this point, still lean Slew. You know, yeah, it would too. open it definitely. a little bit, yeah. You, gotta, you know, you wait until those things actually happen, and when they do happen, okay, it's it's data to work with, mm -hmm. but it would be two stakes wins for each. It would be a route stake win for Papa's Golden Boy. I mean, it's not like he ran poorly in the mile. He ran a huge second there. So yeah, if know, he won that and came close to a track record or something. You and I, as we do these ballots, we always oh, have yeah. to think about all the scenarios because you don't no. want to, you know, something could happen closing weekend and it has. That could alter people's opinions, their shape. Yeah, we got burned on that and. 96 voting for claimer uh somebody above us uh or me no now go ahead and give it you know and then another horse wins and had the same amount of wins and a better record one on closing day and uh, the other horse got claimer of the meet and it, i think right now we have what five horses that have won four races okay. at the meet and the claimer is probably going to go down to closing day i think we'll have to see who's in next weekend we'll put a whole bunch of them on the ballot i'm sure yep yeah, there's still lots of contenders there. Okay, and then uh, last week's honors, you have that, Vince? I do. All uh, right. Jockey was Alex Anaya. We mentioned Connie Dahl, and you know it's, but it's tough to ignore Alex Anaya. Had a triple three, really yeah. two big priced winners too on Sunday. So good job by him. Trainer Joe Toy. Uh, won back-to-back -back races Sunday, a defending training champion. Uh, owner James Carlin, he owns a horse called Overly Fast, who is properly named. He's got the fastest five at the meet. Ran a real good race again last weekend. And the uh, Washington Bread of the Week, Brady Boy. 
read by Todd and Sean Hansen. We talked about that race last week, and he beat a pretty good field there. Yeah, um, he's he's one to, to, to follow, put him in the stable mail, because he can win outside of here. Yeah, and you know what I like about that last one? Boy, he settled beautifully he just did. off the pace, and that's a sign of a real, uh, you know, adaptable horse. So he, yeah. you're, I agree, Bill, one to follow. That was a nice victory. He's, is he a twirling candy, is he? Yes. I believe so. I thought tax code, you know, we talked about, I thought he ran fine. He was hung out wide through yep. a 44 half and, you know, actually battled all the way inside the 16th pole. So he's certainly one to follow maybe next year. Yeah. That was what a view from above and, uh, Bonnie yeah. Jenny's, Bonnie Jenny's horse. Who I was mentioned it, the name. Uh, it's, it's all about the ride. Yeah, they were all three up there. On all that three pace. wanted the front and they just dueled each other into submission. Okay. And, uh, news and notes updated. They are. They went up. Uh, this morning. That's great. Okay, check out emeralddowns.com for news and notes. Just uh, just uh, lots and lots of scrolling of great data on Emerald Downs season. And the podcast also available there, which will be available later today, which is Thursday, September 8th, probably around 5 p.m. Sai's out there working on it right now, Sai Labar. Thanks, Cy. And Cy's also putting together a uh, DVD of all 26 Mike Mann's Gold victories that uh, we're looking forward to this weekend. That won't take very long. 26 wins. Okay. And uh, also, uh, trip notes available for free at emeralddowns.com as well as our race replays. It's a really good site for you Emerald Downs racing fans out there that are listening. We'll take a short break, come back with trainer Shelly Crow here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void to prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700. They run to the top of the stretch, and Forever Gold kicks off the turn clear by two. Frisco Frills cannot keep pace, and Mixo on the outside tries to cut into the margin. Deep stretch they come, Forever Gold trying to take them the distance, but Mixo's found a second wind. Late surge from Take Charge Deputy on the outside. Here comes the Deputy on late. Very tight, but Mixo looks to have held on. That was one of Mixo's victories here at Emerald Downs this year. He is uh, right there in line for a possible claimer of the meeting. He has been really strong. Uh, we've seen him for a lot of years, but it's winning this year, and it's winning in the barn of Shelley Crow, who is our guest on Horse Racing Northwest. Shelley, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Good to have you. You're here with myself, 
uh, and Vince Brune and track announcer Bill Downs. And uh, Bill has called three Mixo wins this year. And uh, you've kind of bonded with this eight-year-old, and you told me this is your first year with him. Yes, it is. I was uh, surprised because I've always loved this horse Hmm. when Sharon Ross asked if I would be interested in training him this year. And I feel so blessed to be able to have uh, spent time with him and take him to the track and get on him myself and uh, really enjoyed him. So, yes, he is an eight-year-old Washington bred, 39 of his 48 starts now uh, have been at this track. But you said you kind of was a little bit of a fan of him from before. What what caught your eye? Just uh, the way he is, mm-hmm. how his presence, the way he carries himself on the track. Um, I saw him as a two-year-old when David Martinez had him, and then kind of lost track of him a little bit and then saw him as Sharon had him and just followed him a little bit. Never dreamed I would be able hmm. to ever play with him. <laughs> okay, so you got him in your barn this winter. And uh, you, by the way, congratulations on a fantastic season so far, Shelley. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, things have really gone well. Uh, winning at about 30%, and Mixo, of course, a big part of that. He's three for five. But uh, So you got him in your barn, and so you're in charge now. Um, and you said you gallop him yourself. Tell us some of the things about him that, you know, really have uh, your, your affection has grown for him. Well, he by far is one of the toughest horses hmm. I have ever galloped, <laughs> even jogged. And... Uh, but he's so classy. When I was galloping earlier this spring before we had started racing, um, he was getting very tough. And we were galloping around to about the 3-8 pole. And my iron broke. Mm-hmm. My stirrup leather on my stirrup broke. And I come down on his back and I thought, oh, no. This is it. This horse is running off with me. I'm never going to be able to hold him now. Yikes. The minute I hit the saddle, he broke into a jog and was like, what, Shelly? What's wrong? <laughs> Something's not right. And he jogged to the outrider. I told him my stirrup was on the track and walked back to the barn just like a little professional. And he made himself more endearing to me. Yeah, that he, would that would do it, wouldn't it? Well, uh, yeah, and so he kind of uh, took you out of danger, which you were expecting maybe uh, what's going to happen next. And uh, so he's got a little bit of uh, intelligence quotient as well, huh? Oh, absolutely. Total class. He's, he's a very uptight horse in the barn. He has his things that help him relax. He likes to weave and he likes to crib. But when it's time for race time, or even to go out and train. He gets his game face on, and he walks like a gentleman, and he goes up there, and it's all business. There's no messing around. You you don't see him acting out, doing anything silly. It's 100% business to him. Um, but he does it because he loves it. It's, it's just 
such a privilege to be able to be with him. Nice. Yeah, uh, Vicki Vince, or excuse me, Shelly Vince here. I was going to say Vicki Wilson's part of the Mischief Club 4, and I know that group of people have a lot of faith in you, but they all care about the horse uh, a tremendous amount, and that must be uh, great to train for people like that. Oh, definitely. It He comes first. Whatever he needs, they don't question it. He gets. Hmm. And... Uh, so I don't have to, if I said, I don't like the way this horse feels, or he doesn't act like he feels very good today, they say, no worries, don't don't run him. I don't have the pressure to run him um, where he doesn't belong. We, we tried the mile race, and it was interesting because he had not run a mile since he had been two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh but he always acts like he wants to go longer in the morning training. Uh, but it, it just didn't work. It was, it was a rough race. Yeah. You, <laughs> so you really we, can't get full uh, data from that race because of the trouble he had right there early and then again in, late in the first turn. Right. Yeah, and I, I, you know, uh, Mr. Boat got DQ'd, uh, Shelley, and you, you have a very valid excuse. And my, my, I guess, follow up would be, Mixo's obviously doing well, as you were talking about. If he's not doing well, you give him time. Um, and, and talk about Kevin Racky. Kevin's been aboard this uh, horse not only for the three wins that you had him uh, for this year, but last year as well. And uh, talk about Racky. Talk about all business. There, there's a professional jockey through and through. Absolutely. I feel, again, blessed to have him as the pilot on this horse. And when I first talked with him about riding this horse before I started him, he uh, he was eager. He said, I, I like the horse. I Yeah, I'm ready for it, Shelley. After he rode him his first race, he said, any time, <laughs> any time, he goes... <laughs> This horse laid it on the line, and uh, he's uh, actually this race that is coming up on Friday. It, it has caused a little friction because Blaine wanted him on his horse. Oh boy! And um, Radke took Mixo, so um, I'm very thankful, and I hope Blaine forgives us and uh, <laughs> Radke also. Well, that's not the first time that scenario has ever come up at a racetrack. So uh, I, I, <laughs> we were on the other end of it yeah. when, uh, with tax code. So uh, that's it. And uh, tax code new to your barn, just got his first start in a son of Spitestown, uh, was in that uh, three horse pace duel, a really rapid pace duel. Did he come out of his race okay? Yeah, he did. We. Coming to my barn, I knew he would only have one start here mm. before they were going to turn him out until next year. But uh, I didn't expect it to be quite that tough of a race. Um, but he he showed us what we needed to know and uh, really is a competitive horse. He just needs a, a little more time to grow up, and uh, he's uh, I think he's going to be a very useful horse for uh, mischief club. Very good. Yeah. He's only had what three career starts now. So, uh-huh. 
who else might you be running the rest of the meet, which is only this weekend and next? Um, I have Chinook Quick. Oh, yeah. In on Sunday in the last race. Um, I hope that uh, it works out. <laughs> She's fast. I, I don't. I didn't expect to run her in the 2500, but uh, we don't know if the next race will go. And with only one more weekend left, John Parker still owns her. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that she gets another race. Very good. Yeah, she was impressive in her comeback race. And uh, you, uh, what a flirt, uh, worked her way back to your barn. And uh, I think a couple of your barn members were happy to see her. You told me a little bit about that this morning. Um, Yes, Sharon uh, went and bought what a flirt back for some clients that uh, did not want to lose her. And so when I went to pick her up, she was nickering at my pony. And then when I brought her into our barn, uh, Mixo was so excited to see her. Hmm. He he was very happy to have his girl back. Hmm. They had spent the winter together, and I'm sure at least the year before in Sharon's barn. And so... Yeah, Mixo really likes Flirt, and Flirt likes Mixo, and I was really happy to have her back in the barn. They actually go she, back... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, they go back to 2020 mm-hmm. when the Emerald Racing Club, we bought What a Flirt down in Northern California. So they had been together in 2020 and 2021 before this year. Yes, and for being a filly, she wants to touch him and doesn't squeal, doesn't do anything. Um, Earlier this spring when I was getting him ready to ride, I was just doing some tack walking in the barn on uh, flirt and Mixo gets very upset and would weave when she was gone. (laughs) And so I had her in a -a hackamore and she was eating out of his hay net and he would take the food out of her mouth that she was eating out of his hay net. (laughs) They, they're just quite the riot together. That, yeah, that's funny. Uh, well, for listeners of our podcast, uh, they're not just racing machines out there with uh, statistical averages and data. There's some stories behind the scenes, which you're getting nice ones here from trainer Shelly Crow. Those, those, are, those are nice anecdotal stories there, Shelly. Thanks for sharing those. And uh, yeah. Oh, you're very welcome. You bet. Uh, so... Um, Shelley is the significant other of uh, Agent David Marble Singer. And uh, give us some scoop on marbles. Does he come home shaking his head once in a while? Like, I I knew I should have put so-and-so on that horse. (laughs) Oh, he second-guesses himself all the time like that. And if if by chance he took off a horse that wins, Mm. it doesn't matter if he had won five of the seven races that day. That one race that he let get away really bothers him. He's very he's he reminds me a lot of Mixo <laughs> in uh, horse form, neurotic around the house, but when it's game time, it's all business. <laughs> yeah, well, he is such a hard worker, and uh, that's one of the reasons he has the top three riders in Alex Cruz, Kevin Radke, and Juan Gutierrez. So. Uh, David Marble Singer, uh, 
he's he's helping you pay the rent wherever you guys live. I know that he's he's got a little income this year. So and yes, so yes, he does, and he he really works hard. Yes. As frustrated as they get with him at times, he he wants to do the best for his riders. He wants to put them on the winning horse every race he can. So you can't fault him there. Not at all. And uh, if you take uh, marbles as your agent, you know you're going to ride a high percentage of the races. And, uh, hey, why not? He's he's out there doing the work, trying to uh, do the best for his riders, and, and uh, they've been very, they, very they, successful. They kid him as being a slave driver. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yeah, slave driver, but the checks are good, and, uh, you know, three days a week, I think, you know, they've learned to adapt, and it's been a good meet for David Marble Singer and trainer Shelly Crow, who has Mixo in, who uh, is a strong contender for claimer of the meeting. He's in the sixth race on Friday night. Uh, Great luck, Shelly, and those are some really nice stories. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Shelly. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Shelly. Good good day to you, and we'll see you at the track. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Shelly. Shelly Crow joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, yeah, Mixo. Uh, it's kind of funny. She knew of that horse, you know, over the last few years and then got a chance to uh, train him daily, and uh, her expectations were met and exceeded there. And, uh, boy, he's having a heck of a year. Three wins this year. And uh, he's, I see he's 108 and change twice for six furlongs and wins. So uh, we'll might be talking about him later in our pick section, which is coming mm-hmm. up. Any other thoughts there, Vince? No, Shelly is, uh, Shelly said she's uh, very good at explaining the personalities of horses, which I always find interesting because it's certainly not my area of expertise. And uh, they're back there and that's 24-7. For the trainer to keep a keep a racehorse going, yeah, and got a couple ex racing club horses back there. What a flirt! And uh, of course, um, well, Zanab was retired, but she was part of that group that owns Zanab, Vicky Wilson and Vicky. Yeah, and then you know they uh, that she put together her and Sharon the Mischief Club for, and they have a lot of fun at the races, and they love the horses, so it's it's fun to see that. Yeah, that. Uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, it works. Hey, congratulations to the club from last weekend as well. One yeah, fine day. One fine day. Finally cleared that 2,500 hey. non-three lifetime hurdle. But you know what? For the people in the club, it's like a stakes win. You so bet. it was fun. She's uh, been running well and just slammed through the door last weekend. Yes, she did. She got on an easy lead and got a big figure. So hope to get one more in her next week. Good. Okay, we'll take a time out. We're going to come back with our final segment. Uh, we've got sports shorts, a little handicapping talk, selections, and trivia here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. 
Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks much to Shelly Crow. Uh, a lot of smiles from her with her record this year and Mixo's success and her uh, just affinity for that horse and the horse for her. That is great. Okay, how about uh, let's do some sports shorts. Um, uh, let's start with NFL. It's starting this week. Um, Cleveland has don't have their doesn't have their quarterback Deshaun Watson until week whatever Baker Mayfield's gone, but they got that great running game. Chubb and company and yeah, uh, what's his name Kareem Chubb Hunt and, and Kareem Hunt and Darius Johnson averaging five yards a carry when he's played the last couple of years. Got some good defenders. I'm saying uh, I think their number was. Uh, eight might have been seven and a half. I think I'm saying over. I'm saying Cleveland can compete. Pittsburgh okay. is very iffy this year, and Baltimore should be good. So Cleveland on the overs? Yeah, I'm taking Cleveland on the over. I'm going against the grain there. I'll do an over, and at the risk of sounding like a homer, I will take our Seattle Seahawks uh, mainly uh, because of one guy, and that's Pete Carroll. Okay, and the number is so low. I mean, five and a half in a 17-game season. People forget when Pete Carroll first came here in, in 2009, they didn't have a quarterback. They won the division. I know it was a terrible division, but they did go seven and nine. They did win a playoff game. And his teams, I think this team is better than that team certainly was back then. And his teams get better as the season goes on. He coaches them up. So, I mean, maybe they're going to struggle out of the gate, but I look for them to be playing good towards the latter half of the season. Last year, they showed that. They were out of the playoffs. They finished very strongly. Yeah. So I think uh, I think five and a half is, is, is an over for me. Six and 11 wins it. Six and 11 wins wow. it, yeah. Okay. So uh, Pete Carroll doesn't, hasn't had many losing outfits, you know, so we'll see. So I left out Cincinnati and Cleveland's division. They're not bad either. So yeah, they, were, they were okay last I think year. The yeah. rest of their schedule is pretty easy, though, Cleveland. Okay, and Mr. Dell's got a tough division, of oh, course. Oh, of course, yeah. But that's part of the reason they're five and a half. And Bill, how about Pittsburgh this year? I just dissed them. Well, you know, I wish they would have named Pickett the the starting quarterback mm. over the great Mitch Trubisky. My girlfriend is a diehard Steeler fan. I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a, a Steeler game at some point this season when I venture out east to back after the season here at Emerald Downs. Uh, but they got a lot of a lot of good uh, skill positions. They've you know they got the the t- two receivers they drafted. Another receiver is pretty good. They do have Najee Harris. The offensive line's not that great. They did have a little bit of an injury to Watt, which is very important for that defense. Um, so I yeah I'm, I'm kind of mixed on uh, on the Steelers. And you you know you talk about Pete Carroll. I'll talk about you know Tomlin hasn't had a right losing season and yeah. yeah i don't even know you but, bet um so I, I i'd be cautiously optimistic for pittsburgh even though uh the Bengals and baltimore i think are are will finish ahead of them in the uh, in that division okay I, I got a question for you joe since we both took overs just like two out of three over under bets for people betting the overs going into a year it's, it's people that, love betting overs yeah well, no matter what, it, and, it seems like in, in gambling, they, they love the overs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, John and Martha come to town to Las Vegas and, uh, hey, let's let's bet on the Colts. They're going to have a great season. And, you know, those numbers used to be skewed really widely. 
Mm-hmm. There was, if you added up wins and losses that are offered from Vegas, there was a lot more totals on the wins than, than there was the losses. Yeah. Now they, they, it should they, be a zero-sum game, but right. it's not. They brought that together a little bit the last few years. It's still skewed very, very shortly. But then, you know, the big injury, how often does that help a team? Never. A tie is a loss when you're trying to get wins. That 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 favors the under. Mm-hmm. So there's there's reasons to go under. I took Denver under. I I'm going to say something about Russell Wilson. His last year and a half hasn't been that good. He had great receivers last year. He threw balls that we hadn't seen him throw before. Uh, Denver doesn't really light it up on the other skill positions. I'm not saying that they're not good, but uh, and they're in nine a and a half tough division too. They could easily go nine and eight in that division. So their their number was nine and a half. I took Denver under. How about the game Monday night, guys? Buddy. Yeah. What's the line on that? Well, you Seattle. want Seattle to win, and I want Denver to well, lose. Yeah. So well, what's what's the line on that game? I think it's Denver's, six and a half. Yeah, Denver's favorite. Yeah. How? What would you say though? Six and a half. Yeah, that's what I heard. Okay. This morning, on the radio. That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, did you guys? Did I interrupt your sports shorts from anything else there? No, nope, I'm okay. good. You good, Bill? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. On that. Bill, All Bill, right. Bill, Seattle Mariners. Tough one yesterday. Yeah, Bill. I was at the game. They oh, lost. Really? They were up four nothing. Castillo ace on the Castillo on the on the bump, and you're thinking, "All right, going to win that series," and then it was four four, and things fell apart. No defense, and they've been they've been money defensively this year. In yeah, pitching. So was, well, get it out of the system. And the relief staff didn't have the best game, so a lot of things went wrong in that game, and they they dropped the series. They played the Braves this weekend, and then the Padres and after then, that. And then the two, Padres two, after that. Real good homestand. Yeah, all at all at home, and uh, I'll be back uh, next Wednesday afternoon against the Padres. Bring us, bring a W with you. I know, I gotta get it. That's my last opportunity, so <laughs> I need to get a W. But uh, after that. It becomes a bunch of a bunch of bad teams that the Mariners play, so they'll have no excuse about uh, making the playoffs. And I want to see them go into the playoffs flourishing, as opposed to like you know backdooring. I, you know, I you know, just want to make the playoffs. And I had this discussion with my, my girlfriend Megan about it. You know, like I want to see this team go. I, you know, everyone's just happy making the playoffs, and I understand it. It's yeah. two thousand and one. You know, and and. That was a year where you guys were were your lights out, and that, that was unbelievable wins, yeah. regular season. But you know they were a tired club at the end of the you year. You want to be able to set up your 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 rotation for the yeah. playoffs, as opposed to having to go all out, right? And just you know squeezing in there, and then having to start you know Gonzalez or something like that. Uh, but uh, I you know I, I I'm still very very. Um, bullish on this team, and I think uh, yeah, me too. The only team I'm scared of in the American League uh, are the Astros. I mean, that's yeah. a team that you really don't want to have to play. But uh, you know, uh, you know, it's still got a plenty of work to do. And uh, like I said, after the these next couple series, and we'll see how they do against a couple of really good National League teams. It becomes uh, a lot of a lot easier when with Marco Gonzalez. If he's your number five starter, you got a pretty good rotation. Yeah, they're top absolutely. four. And how about this Cal Raleigh? Yeah, catcher, twenty three homers, leads all catchers in Major League Baseball. He, he's, he really? he's a switch hitter, and he has a lot more pop from the left side. He he, he hits those low fastballs uh, into right field about as good as I've ever seen anybody. Hmm. I mean, and they're just gone when they're off the bat, right, Bill? It's not yeah. even close. Yeah, that so. last one it was like, hello. Well, we'll see if he can continue it. But boy, when you have a, a rookie catcher and a rookie center fielder that are both really, really good, you got a chance to be something. But Joe's saying enough Mariners talk. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. You said it. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, Mariners uh, really on a roll, and uh, Atlanta is too, aren't they? I thought I saw yeah. they yeah. had won seven they, in a row. They, they had caught the Mets as of yesterday, I think. They had yeah. been 10 games back, I think, and they're defending champs, of course, yep. too. Okay, uh, body language in handicapping. Um, you know, uh, Vince, you want to start off with uh, your comments there? Well, I'll do an obvious one. I don't like a horse that's washed out in, uh, you know, when we say that, we mean wet. You know, unless, you know, you got to watch it closely, make sure they didn't just hose the horse down or put water on it in the paddock. But if it's dripping wet off the belly, that's usually a pretty bad sign to me. And that's okay. one I like to look for. Okay. Bill? Um, I don't know. Uh, you got to know your horses. So, you know, some horses naturally, are, they'll warm up great and, and you know, people want to downgrade those horses. But I guess in terms of when I'm uh, on the track, I'm just kind of looking it's seeing if they if they come out to the track and they're 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 high strung, do they calm down eventually? Um, because if they're continuing to be high strung, they're probably using energy that they need for that race, and that's not going to play well in the stretch. So um, that would be my thing. It just uh, you're making sure that a horse is not uh, uh, misbehaving, uh, warming up. Um, you can you know get wound up a little bit in, in the paddock and whatnot. But if they do, then I want to see that that horse calmed down a little bit in the warm up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on body language, but, you know, being around horses and, and paddock and all these years, you pick up a few things. And I was going to get more specific on a body type mm-hmm. where I remember describing it to a buddy over 20 years ago that, you know, if you see these horses that are kind of, the young horses, when you first see a two-year-old or a yearling, they get a lot of just straight body from the head and shoulders back. And then they start to develop and muscle a little bit. And, you know, in seeing some good horses, they're almost like two halves. I mean, that's that's a the way I described mm-hmm. it to this buddy of mine. He goes, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you got the front, the shoulder, and the muscle on the chest, and then and then this demarcation of of general sorts and then the back end and at the one of the yearling sales i saw this son of delineator in there and uh i said that horse has got this is a year this is a yearling and i said he's kind of got that type of body and i started kind of getting nervous am i gonna buy a horse on my own and and uh i didn't have a trainer there I think McKenna was, I was part owner of a couple with him, but so I, I never did bid. And that horse turned out to be immigration. It was a very, lasted who, a long time. Who was, well, he was, and he was the state champion two-year-old, if you remember, I think he won like three stakes, but he had that body type of, you know, you kind of, even for a young horse. So, you know, you try and see that, but, but in, in race day, in the paddock, on the track. Yeah. Uh, I like that slow, kind of bounce going yeah if a horse is feeling good you're not going to feel good and do that little confident bounce you're going to walk when you can walk and then some horses will walk and still run good but if you've got that little confident trot going on i'll make yeah I'll, I'll make mention of something else uh, especially young horses their ears if they're going all over the place they are they're not okay. they're not they're not ready to run i don't think um so i always look for for ears that are you know pin back they know that they're going to the going to race and they're going to 
going to perform. So that that would be another thing I would watch in, in post parades, especially with young horses. They got their ears going okay. on. They're taking in everything. They don't, you know, they're 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 they got some learning to do. That's a good I, I specific. Say, yeah, I like that, and I like what you said there, Joe. Too. I do like when I watch them coming over to the paddock, and I see that little prance kind of that you're talking about there, where they're kind of just. It's not too much expansion of energy. No, but, but it's, it's, it's anticipation of an athletic. It's almost like a little bit of a dance they got going on yeah. there. They're just, you know, yeah, the, they're into it. You know, you can see they're they're they know what's coming, and uh, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah, you bet. Okay, how about some selections, uh, Bill? Uh, where are you going to take us? I'm going to go Saturday afternoon, race number six, $15,000 claimer. Now one is a three lifetime, six furlongs the distance, a field of seven. And if you look, everyone in the race wants to be on or near the lead except for one. And that's the one I like, the 440 smooches for Kay Cooper. Finished third last time out at the class level. And yeah, he got a good pace, but this race, this is like an over the top. I mean, there's new every morning, just passing through, decimate, Democrat, after the candidate. They all want to be on the front end. Mm -hmm. They're going to go 44, maybe maybe less, who knows. And I'm looking for 40 smooches okay. uh, to uh, run them down in the last 16th of a mile. Leslie Mowling aboard, 7-2 to on Vince's morning line. 40 smooches in the sixth race on Saturday. I can uh, tell you right now I'm going to be on that one, too, and I haven't handicapped that race because I picked him last time, and he you ran just well. set up a good scenario. He didn't threaten to win last time, but he ran well. He was right behind. Watch the replay. He yeah, finished, he ran fine. He finished on. So I think I'm going to join Bill on that one. We More just, than Mary. We just wrecked our price a little no bit there. A little bit. Maybe not too much. Hey. Who do you like in the feature tomorrow night? Bill? The feature, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna be not upset if Mixo wins it for Shelley Crow, but I'm picking Stan too. He to, ran great last time. That was a tough beat for me. It, yeah, that's and right. The connections, fifteen yeah. to one. I think uh, the longest price in the in Vince's line is is live. Heredi a boxer. Yeah. I know Blaine wanted uh, Radke, didn't get Radke, and got Araska, but. He didn't have a very good start in that last race and lost to a, a really nice horse and, and, and missed the boat. You bet. So, I mean, it's a great betting race. And I, you know, already a boxer and, you know, Shelly makes a great uh, case for uh, Mixo mm -hmm. on the turn back in distance. But, uh, you know, kind of depending on price, Mixo will be one of the favorites. Already a boxer, you know, probably one of the mid price horses. Already a boxer could go lower too. I yeah. Mean, that was a, like I said, I really struggled with that line. It's tough. It really is. It's just one of those races, um, you know, you could, you, you get five different morning line odds makers to right. make the, the line. You could have a few different opinions uh, in, in just a field of six. It's a pretty good race. I don't have any X's through anybody, so that's always a, a very good sign in terms of the quality of a race, at least in my opinion. Would you have stand to on the morning line? Uh, Mixo, five to Mixo, two. yeah. Fantastic days in the race as well. And stand two's morning line, though. Oh, oh four to one. Four, four to one. one. Okay, yeah. You know, uh, I could be a race late, but that was one of the top races of the meeting. And, of course, Bill called it, missed the boat, uh, going route to sprint, uh, had a lot of work to do at the eighth pole and got up right on the line at and over 15 to one stand. Stand to really woke up in that he race did. too with Jake Samuels riding. Yeah. It was just, he showed speed. He was into the race. He did everything right and got yeah. beat. That's yeah, so it was, show, shows you what a pro missed the boat is. Yeah. It's just a, you know, my only thing I wrote down, you know, a potential for a bounce. It's yep. been since August yep. 7th, since he raced, he'll have over a month, but that would be my, it's like, 
that race was by far his best race in the right. I see in the last year and a half or yeah, whatever. It is. And so that's the thing. Can he repeat that sort of effort in against another really top quality field for yeah. that class level? Good, good race. The sixth on Friday night at Emerald Downs, our last uh, $1,000 horseshoe toss. There's a rumor that it might be a little shorter throw for those of you oh, that yeah? uh, sign some up. inside info there? Uh, you know, of course, you can't believe what you hear floating around that admin area too often. <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay, so there's some selections. Um, and uh, okay, we got our trivia. The last week, you know, I didn't get any replies. Where, where, where are all you guys? This one probably took a little research, though, because the question was, <laughs> in the past 50 years... What is the only time the Long Acres Mile Field had entirely new members from the year before? We've had carryover horses up and that down, left and right. Yeah. Well, it was 1997, the year that uh, Kid Catabatic beat uh, He's a Bull, who um, later that year finished second in the Breeders' yeah, Cup sprint. So was that Lita Justice? Yeah. Mm. Mike Chambers trained. Uh, or was it Elmhurst that year? I think it was Elmhurst, Elmhurst. in Hollywood and lead, lead to Justice the next year at Woodbine. That's right. Yeah. And Gary oh, Stevens was no. on He's a Bull yeah. and yeah. Uh, rode the hair off him, looked like a winner, got tagged late. Yeah. Chris Loseth became the first jockey to win the mile at both Long Acres and Emerald Downs. I was at that Breeders' Cup. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I know you were. Oh, but yeah. I was 97? Right, yeah, I was uh, working, uh, doing the results job at uh, Hollywood Park in Santa Anita back then. Yeah, Vince set me up there in media that year. So, uh, there we go. Nobody answered. It was 1997. And this week's question, send your uh, answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Who is the jockey with the most seasons with at least one Emerald Downs victory? The most seasons with a win at Emerald Downs. Again, send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. It's not Connie Dahl. You know, I thought she might be pretty close up there because she's been here since day one but she missed uh several seasons okay fellas uh on to our final three-day week and uh let's have a good one this is horse racing northwest